It's time for JT the Brick. Everybody plays powder puff football with this guy. George Atkinson would come out of the safety position, line up against Russ Francis, punch him in the mouth, grab him to the ground. That's how they stopped him, and it worked. JT the Brick. It doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you got to show up. you got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. That's all I did disrespect us. Keep doing it because I don't want no love. So we're on top. We're going to remember who the real ones were who had our back. And I love it. This is the Raider way, the only way. And Raider Nation, all that you can hear me. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, everybody. JT, hour number two on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. We're brought to you by Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. I promote everything in Resorts World. I love it from their restaurants to their pool to the sports vibe and the shows that they have, the biggest entertainers now playing at Resorts World. If you haven't been there yet, free parking. You come right off the elevator. The elevator opens, and it's the theater where Carrie Underwood plays, Katy Perry, and right to it is Doghouse. It's the sports bar where they have live entertainment after sports. They have their sports book right there, right there at Doghouse, so you can place your bets and be right there with your beverage and food. The food's outstanding. We're happy to be back at Resorts World heading into the draft. Uh, Debo Samuels wants out from the 49ers, and he does. This is not a rumor. He wants out. He requested a trade. What could that do to the 49ers, or how could that affect the draft if a team wants to go up there and trade for him and give something up? Who's going to move up to get a player like that? I do. I would. You know, you could get young wide receivers, but young wide receivers drop the football. We have Fred Bolitnikoff on as we've kicked off our coverage of the draft. And he said the first, second year in his career here with the Raiders, he didn't do much. He dropped balls. He wasn't great when he came in. Cliff Branch, who's going into the Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio this summer, came in and he dropped the ball a lot. He wasn't good. If you trade for Debo Samuel, if you're a team, you're going to get someone really good who could take your team to the Super Bowl. So it's going to be interesting to see where he goes because he had Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, who's a good quarterback who got him the ball, but they hand it off. I can't tell if Debo wants to be taken out of the running back position because why would he want to be, this is a great point from Debo, why would he want to play all these positions and beat his body up as a running back and a wide receiver if he's not paid? If he's not paid. It's not just like he's a wide receiver. They put him in harm's way all the time. So I can I understand where he's coming from. I'm not saying he's completely right because if you listen to me, I always believe that you should play for your contract. You sign the contract, you play for it. And then when the contract is up, you get a new one if you deserve it. Debo needs a new contract, and it doesn't seem like he wants to be with the 49ers. Uh, very quickly before our guest, we have an unbelievable basketball game tonight. Oh, my God. You have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant in Boston after Kyrie was fined $50,000 for flipping off the fans in Boston. I'll be on the radio live for that tonight. I am going to be sitting in front of my TV, my screens, watching this game. It feels like it's the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's only game two of the first round. So that game is going to be must-see, and now we can get to the Warriors because my buddy Damon Bruce joins us from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco after a conversation with the Grateful Dead's legendary Bob Weir. you got to be floating on cloud nine, my friend. What a long, strange interview it was, buddy. It was fantastic to be able to talk to somebody who uh, was at the Warriors game. It was just cool to, to talk with you know <laughs> one of the, the, the 
great members of a legendary band that I know you're a fan of, too. So, yeah, that was a pretty good day for me. Hopefully uh, you're having a good day, too. Sorry you had to settle for a little conversation with me. I am not Bob That's I'm always looking forward to that. The Warriors now, with the addition of Poole and the way he's playing, Clay back, looking like he's 100%, Steph off the bench. And for Draymond, who's now a podcaster and loves being on TV for TNT, he looks engaged again. What's been the difference with the Warriors over the last couple of weeks? They finally got healthy, and they finally got into the playoffs. And this is a franchise that has played itself into caring less about a regular season, even though the last two of them have been you know, bad and no playoff appearances in the last two years. This is still a team that has the dynasty wired in it and they live for postseason basketball. They're here and they have responded. Poole has emerged as one of the 35 best basketball players in the world. And he's only ascending JT. It's really something to watch what he's become. And Draymond goes from, you know, like you said, podcasting and a little disinterested in the regular season to hurt throughout an awful lot of this regular season into war daddy mode come postseason and that's what we're looking at not once in the regular season was Draymond on the court against the Denver Nuggets he's out there now and what you saw in game two was basically a franchise implode upon itself the Nuggets melted down the MVP candidate got ejected there was infighting on the bench and a team quit about midway through a third quarter that's how good the Warriors looked What about Steve Kerr's rotation as you break down how this team is playing and how he's dealing with the minutes and getting everybody the proper minutes and finding the chemistry? Because we know the core three players there are going to be on the court late in games, but he's got a lot of other guys like Wiggins too. You mentioned Poole, bench players that he wants to get them a run on. Where is he at? Is he still figuring this out or does he have his group that he's going to run with in typical minutes? I think the Warriors are going to change their image, their minute dynamics from series to series as we go along here. And it's all made possible by the most egoless superstar sports has ever known in Steph Curry. If Curry's cool with coming off the bench due to minute restrictions, who could complain about their minutes in any way, shape, or form? Kerr was able to sell back in 2015, you know, Andre Iguodala, we need you to come off the bench. And that was a harder sell to Iguodala back in the day than it is to, to Steph Curry right now. He's just, he's an unbelievable guy to set a tone for a locker room. And if Curry is willing to do whatever it takes to win, who could, who could refuse? So it's just an incredible culture that Steve is able to mold around whatever matchups he'll be facing in any round. And, Because Curry is on this minute restriction, it's just easier to lot minutes off the beginning of the game than at the end of the game when you don't know how it's going to play out. So it's it's an egoless superstar allowing what's best for the team, setting the tone for the team. Damon Bruce joins us, 95-7 the game in San Francisco. I want to play a soundbite from Debo Samuel, who had an unbelievable year and now wants more money. Here's Debo on social media about some of the threats he's getting. Hey, for all y'all fans, it's in the DMs and death threats and racial stuff. Like, that don't bother me, bro. It, it don't. Because y'all were the same ones that was just hoorahing and go Devo and da 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 Oh, now y'all, now y'all want to send death threats and 
Sending all these racial, all this stuff y'all got, it don't bother me, bro. I'm cool. I'm chilling. I'm happy. Wow. So tell me about this on your show and what the reaction is, because we know there's some heinous people on social media and only takes a few to get a reaction from an athlete there. What is he expected to earn? And to me, he was the best player on that team for a lot of the year last year. What's going on up there? Well, let's just start with the social media keyboard warrior tough guys who have their names linked to anonymous accounts and don't put their names on everything. It's the it's the modern equivalent of battlefield cowards, and um, these people should be rounded up and shipped to an island to never be heard from again. They suck. They're the lowest form of sports fan that you can find. Um, he needs to, you know, rise above that and ignore it. I mean, I, I, I don't know what better advice you could give. Ignore anonymous, racist, jackhole accounts. It's a great advice for everyone not just professional football players. This is a weird situation. It felt like, you know, we we see so often with young men on social media, their opening gambit for negotiations is to scrub free any evidence that they play for a team. So when you see it these days, it doesn't seem so alarming. There's a story from Schefter saying that, you know, it's not Debo that is holding up these negotiations or it's not the 49ers, it's Debo himself. He might want out. Uh, That would be devastating. Um, Kyle Shanahan, the coach, has to convince Kyle Shanahan, the general manager, that this is an important player. And I truly believe he's an important player. But we also saw this past summer, the wide receiver market go bonkers. And he is looking for a much bigger payday that I think had they been first in line to an extension with him instead of among the last in lines after so much market volatility in in the wide receiver position, they might've gotten this done better. Had they had axed Jimmy Garoppolo or found a trade for him, maybe this would have created the financial means to have gotten a deal done. It's a little bit of a mess. Um, There's nothing to really worry about now. We're still very, very far away from week one of the NFL season, but it felt like the 49ers don't have a first round pick. Well, would you be willing to put Debo on the trading block oh, to do that in this no. draft? I think that'd be ridiculous. So um, where are we at with this? I don't know yet, but it could either turn into a big scoop of nothing or something that could definitely deride and derail a team that was in the NFC title game last year. And Debo Samuel was their most important offensive weapon, bar none. So Uh, An awkward situation, to say the least, that no one really saw coming. Damon Bruce is our guest. This is fascinating to me because the Packers drafted Jordan Love, and they were expecting Aaron Rodgers to be gone by now. Aaron Rodgers just looked at him, and and he won that debate and got the biggest contract, and he had back-to-back MVPs. That's the ultimate drop-the-mic issue other than the fact that he didn't win a home playoff game and they didn't win a playoff game. But financially, he played that beautifully. And I look at the San Francisco 49ers roster, and that is a Super Bowl roster. But the problem is they got to break in a young quarterback that's got little to no experience who played in a small conference and didn't play a lot. So what is Kyle doing in John Lynch? they got to get it right with Trey Lance. Not only does he got to be ready to play, but he's got to be really good. How do you see that playing out? I mean, could you think of a more important weapon to get Trey on the same page with than Debo Samuel? And obviously that's not going to be happening with any – you know, off-season workouts or, or, or any any sort of camp as this stands right now. It's a weird situation. It really is. I think that they just need to take the governor 
off of Trey Lance and live with the mistakes and let her rip. This is a, a, a sequence of action that Kyle Shanahan set in motion when he made the trade. And we live in a modern NFL now where you can't be trading that much future draft capital for a guy you're stowing. Um, if you got a young, talented quarterback, and Jimmy Garoppolo was always a fascinating topic because nobody, nobody was quite as successful yet quite as average all at the same time as Jimmy Garoppolo was. So eminently replaceable yet hard to replace all at the same time. It was a very odd situation. And, and they have to, to move on from Garoppolo. I mean, every single quarterback room has a hierarchy. And there can't be a, a guy making $26 million sitting behind a guy making a rookie salary when you now live in a world where if you've got a quarterback on a rookie salary, you better build around him. You know, you either figure it out like the Rams or you do it that old-fashioned Rams, Jared Goff way. And I'll, I'll say this, JT. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius is just that as a general manager, it feels an awful lot like a C minus Damon Bruce, as we wrap it up. So I don't get involved with politics and sports until politics get involved with my sports and Libby shaft in Oakland has been incredible. There's different sides on the Raiders side and on the Oakland side, but the Raiders came to Vegas and it's working out really well. And I'm looking at the A's and they drew some fans on opening night because it's opening night, and now they can't draw. They have Dave Cavill, who to me is a carnival barker. He's playing Vegas against Oakland, and that would make sense if he was ready to come to Vegas and they had boots on they were pouring concrete, and the stadium was almost done. That's not happening. It's 114 degrees out here in the summer. I like it because I'm in the pool. I'm not in an empty dome stadium on the Strip. This A scenario has the ability to be one of the epic disasters in modern Major League Baseball history from attendance, revenue, a multi-billionaire owner. What is it like? And I know you don't talk about the A's much on your radio show, but dive into this. This is insanity in an area that has some of the richest people in the world in the East Bay. John Fisher, the owner of the Oakland A's, is the baseball equivalent of Satan. I, I say that without reservation. He is everything that is wrong with Major League Baseball. He is uh, someone who is merely an owner of a baseball team for the real estate and land deal that he hopes to obtain around the team. The team is completely irrelevant to him. He is strategically ruining any sort of in-park experience. There is a decided choice to drive fans away. It's like the plot of the movie Major League, except happening in real time. They got rid of Bob Melvin, who was an excellent manager. They have gotten rid of Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya, go back a year, Marcus Simeon, who's from the Bay. There's not a single player that is retained. And now, when they have an opening night where after destroying their own fan base, they still have 17,500 people, which for an opening night crowd is an embarrassment on its own. And you know that they're always lying by at least 3,000 about how many people yes. are there. So let's say there were 14,000 people in the Coliseum. Well, no matter, much, no matter how much you put your cigarette out in the middle of these people's heads, they still showed up to do business with you. And he rewards them with seats that are still covered in cobwebs because they didn't even have ushers to come through and clean off seats. There is a feral cat problem at the Coliseum. There is um, every 
third concession uh, kiosk is closed. I got a tweet from someone who said they brought their child to a A's kids club to sign up, and they were told that the kids club has been canceled. I mean, they are just crapping all over their existing fans and customers, and they're doing it to create an insolvent business environment, which they will then go back to Major League Baseball and say, help us relocate somewhere else. It's a con. It is the worst sort of baseball ownership. It's the worst sports ownership you can find in America. John Fisher is sports Satan. Tell everyone you know he is the worst and, it, it, you know, if Don Fisher had to go because he was a racist from the NBA, they should take John Fisher and throw him out because he is the most negligent, does not care about his fans, bad for baseball owner that you can find. And remember, this is a team that was thrown off of the major league revenue sharing teat if you will a few years ago they've cried so much poor through COVID that they've gotten put back on it john fisher raised ticket prices slashed the budget to the point where only the baltimore orioles have a smaller payroll and it's an embarrassment he should be legally separated from ownership of a major league franchise he is the worst Brilliant commentary from Damon Bruce as we covered a lot in the Bay Area from the dubs to what's going on with Debo and the mockery of the A's with some of the best fans in sports and the way they're getting treated. Good to talk Remember, to you, D. Bruce. I'll catch up with you, you soon. If you can't figure out a way to sell hot dogs without someone missing three <laughs> innings, how are you going to build a $12 billion construction project? Get out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Damon. Damon Bruce. That is now, as of today, could change the most important A's baseball interview in the history of Las Vegas. Right there. Covered it all. Put that on a bleeping podcast for the zombies in this town who are like, can I get a free credential and go to the A's and watch baseball on the third deck? They have no idea the history of the A's in Oakland. No idea how they helped run the Raiders out, even though the Raiders made their own choice. Mark Davis made his own decision. Uh, People here are desperate desperate for the A's, and they know nothing about the background and the history of the A's. Nothing. Hey, I just want baseball. Look, I understand if you're a bartender or you own a hotel or casino or this or a transportation company. You want the team. I'm not looking to run away business. We don't want the A's. And if the A's are the only team that can come here, have the owner, Fisher, sell the team to someone else and bring them here, and I'll be behind it. I'm a Yankee fan. I'll be behind it, but not with this crap ownership that Carnival Barker president, do you understand what the A's are dealing with now? The A's fans finally said, we're not going. You had us, you just a few of us left, we're not going. Rob Manford's got to fly in there and have a discussion because the Las Vegas Aviators are going to join, not double, uh, they're going to draw triple the amount of the Oakland A's, a major league team. What a disaster, and I predicted it beautifully. 702-365-9200 as we continue. Mike North in Chicago, the legendary sports talk host on the NBA playoffs. The draft had a gamble. I put the gamblers on this show, the guys who are transparent. He joins us next. And we are brought to you by Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys. What a job they do in town. You see their billboards everywhere. My friends, 702-820-1234 or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right.
Everybody got different moves. Some days he might be up for it, some days he might not. But he understands what this job entails. You know, we understand what um, this situation is. You know, he might not be in the mood for it next game. Who knows? So it's just a field thing. And you never know what may trigger you in the moment. Somebody say something to get you to react. And, you know, but NBA crowds in the playoffs tend to try to pick at players, especially ones that, that play for their team previously. So, you know, we all understand that stuff. And Kyrie's reaction was his reaction. And, we all stood behind that. I feel him exactly what he said. Same energy he get, they giving off to him. He gonna give it right back, and he played that way. It's Kevin Durant on Kyrie. What a game that's gonna be! What a game that's gonna be tonight. JT, back with you. Mike North, one of the most influential and important radio hosts of all time, out of Chicago, locally and nationally. Always kind enough to join us every few weeks. And Mike, as we jump into this earlier today, Stephen A. And Christopher Mad Dog Russo, the namesake of Mad Dog, had J.J. Redick on first take. And J.J. Redick said that Bob Cousy, the legendary Celtic, was being guarded by plumbers and firemen in his era. You reacted to that strongly. Yeah, and uh, J.J. just got back to me. He said he wasn't comparing Cousy to himself, but he sort of ignored uh the argument of what he said. I mean, there were some tremendous players back in the 60s, let alone Cousy would drive the lane and a Will Chamberlain's waiting for you or a Zombo Beatty, you know, or, or some other uh, person. He played till 1960-61. He's been compared to Nash, wasn't the shooter Nash was. Uh, but, you know, J.J. Redick uh, averaged two assists his whole career, his career uh, uh, per game, while Bob Cousy averaged eight and won six rings. So, I just basically got back to J.J., said you won the same amount of titles as firemen and plumbers, zero. And he did get back to me, and he talked to me about effective field goal shooting, which was telling me he made shots when he had to and all this other garbage. But you just don't talk about a Hall of Famer that way. But I do appreciate him getting back to me. Yeah, he did. I'm looking at the timeline. This is incredible. Mike North joins us. Mike, you covered the Bulls in the Jordan years mm-hmm. and even before that. And, and my big, I love the NBA playoffs because everybody plays their ass off every night. But they don't right. in the regular season. And you covered the Bulls with Rodman and Pippen and Jordan and the Legends. They played hard every night, especially Jordan and Pippen on defense. How do you rectify how crap the league is in the regular season with not so much load management players, just not wanting to play, you know, to the end and play injured. And then when the playoffs come, everybody's playing for one round. If they get eliminated, like they're putting tape on film and they want to be back next year. Well, you know, first of all, JT, they got to drop the COVID stuff. I mean, that, that there's teams and I understand New Orleans won, but that there's teams under 500 in the NBA playoffs is a, is a disgrace. Uh, the league was set when it was eight in each conference. Basically, they added stuff with COVID. It was an excuse for them to make changes in all sports. I think it's deplorable that there's teams under 500 in the playoffs. I also think that Adam Silver has been sleeping on the job. None of this stuff would have happened under David Stern. He's probably the greatest commissioner in my lifetime, and I've been following sports since the mid-60s from all the way back to uh, – uh, you know, the guys from Bowie Coon and uh, and then and, and Seelig and, and, you know, Walter Kennedy. I'll go all night long like Lionel Richie. But bottom line is that uh, I think that Jordan would not accept playing under uh, 100%. He never missed a game because he did the DiMaggio line basically saying that, you know, uh, there's some kid coming out to see me. You know, so, mm-hmm. you, you know, he may he may 
not see me because I'm going to sit out. And uh, today's athletes don't care. I mean, I heard you talking about Kyrie Irving. I mean, he's, he's a kid from Duke that makes $40 million a year, works whenever he wants. Uh, the vaccine situation, he's been a disgrace to the league. Uh, rabbit ears, giving people the finger. Uh, that would have not happened, and it wouldn't have been uh, a $50,000 fine under David Stern. I'm saying somewhere two fifty, three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 fine for a guy that makes $40 million a year. Just a disgrace the way the NBA is treating its customers right now. Great, Mike North joins us. Mike, one other NBA topic is Jerry West is being depicted on the HBO Max series Winning Time as just a lunatic. He's the logo of the league, and they're mocking him where he wants to uh, get back at the producers of that show on HBO, and there could be a lawsuit there. I mean, look, I'm all for entertainment, and if it's not perfect, the doc- it's not a documentary that has to be Ken Burns-like accurate. There is some entertainment value here, but you can't do that to the logo. You can't do that to Kareem, but especially Jerry West, who has a reputation. Well, you know, it's funny. I do like the series. A lot of people are paying it, but me and my wife are watching it. Right. And it's amazing how they figure out. First of all, I don't understand. Larry Bird did look something like Larry Bird is looking. <laughs> but they're talking about the height. They they want everybody to be 6'11". You're not going to find players right. that are 6'11", let alone actors. That being said, I never heard this stuff about Jerry West. I can understand he's not happy. I heard uh, Kareem isn't happy. Magic isn't happy. But like you said, JT, it's, a, it's not a documentary. I mean, you want to start going through every movie from young Mr. Lincoln with Henry Fonda uh, to The Godfather and start looking at actual stuff that actually happened? You know, it's all embellishment. But the way they did it with Jerry, pretty low brow, man, pretty low brow. Because even we, even we were sitting there and I said, I've never heard most of this stuff about Jerry West. And now he's denying some of it, and I don't blame him for being angry. But I don't know if he's going to win because it's not a documentary. Yep, Mike North joins us. Mike, last year I saw Justin Fields come into Vegas and beat the Raiders, and the Raiders ended up being a playoff team. There's no more Khalil Mack who went to the Chargers. I like Justin Fields because I like he can make plays outside the pocket. He's strong. He can run over a pile. But he's got to develop as a passing quarterback. He gets a quarterback whisperer coming over from the Packers. What's the offseason talk as I'm talking about the draft every day and every night on what the Bears are looking to do and how do they get better from last year? We heard he won. He worked out with Darmuni and Cole Komet. And I'm saying, where's the rest of the guys? <laughs> Mitch Trubisky had the whole team in Pittsburgh out there. They got him for $7 million. We're stuck with Justin Field, who last year was one of the worst quarterbacks in football, granted under a bad head football coach and stuff like that. I have always lumped the Ohio State quarterbacks together. I know it's not fair, but it works. It's called the trend, folks. The same with the USC quarterback, signs Carson Palmer. I don't understand the thinking uh, how Sam Darnold is still going to be great, but other guys aren't. I, I think people play favorites in the league now. I'm just telling the truth. Justin Fields is a turnover type of guy. He had 11 fumbles last year through interceptions, but it was his first year. But it's not going to get any better. And what people are looking at now, and even some in the league are saying, JT, is that Trubisky won with the same football team that Justin Fields are saying Mm -hmm. now needs guys around him. So which way is it going to be? Uh, I think for as far as I'm concerned, you know I'm a Trubisky guy, to get him for $7 million. And uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think it's a steal. And I already bet the uh, over seven and a half because Trubisky's got such a lousy reputation for whatever reason. 
even though he threw twice as many touchdowns as interceptions, is the highest bear rated quarterback of all time at 87%, highest percentage throwing quarterback. They just ganged up on him, and now we got a guy that we don't know can play or not, to be quite frankly, uh, to be quite frank with you, especially with the team the way it is now. Hey, Mike, one last thing with all the gambling you do and the advice you give out. Last night when Chris Paul, Devin Brook, uh, Booker broke down and New Orleans won that game, and I put out a tweet, and I asked, who are the people that won that bet? I'm watching guy after gal on Twitter telling me that every game they bet they got to play on. Hey, I got the total. Here's my parlay. And last night, I said, all right, who the hell had New Orleans to cover or who had them on the money line? And it's pretty much you know, crickets out there. The, the amount of people giving out gambling advice who aren't transparent like you and the other guests that I have on here. This is the Wild West, Mike. I'm in meetings now talking more gambling. I'm in Vegas, as you know, and I'm sitting here. And What are we going to do? Have like five to ten years where anybody out of college can get behind a microphone and be, a, be an update anchor and start giving picks? No one cares about people's picks unless they're your picks. You've been doing this a long time and you have a track record. It's the Wild West mm-hmm. out here. How do you deal with it? Well, it is. It's the Wild West. I mean, I saw a guy on, on uh, Twitter, uh, basically, that uh, is, uh, it looked like he just got out of grade school, uh, <laughs> you know, giving out picks. <laughs> you know, everybody's doing it now, but they think that everybody is taking I'll give you a perfect example. In Illinois this year, in March Madness, uh, to be honest with you, March Madness was $286 million was bet. Oh. In March in Illinois. Now here's the here's the rub, JT. If they're listening to most of these people, and I've been handicapping since I was 14 years old, and back in back in the 60s, late 60s. If they're listening to these people, these you know they're losing a lot. These people, you know what you, you know what's going to happen. There's going to be all sorts of trouble in households and everything else because the refrigerator is gone. The new car they were going to get is gone. People have gravitated to gambling like, hey, we know what we're doing and we're going to win. And quite frankly, that $236 million that went to Illinois casinos would have been spent everywhere else mm-hmm. uh, in the state of Illinois. And that's not being done. So who's being hurt? The gambler's being hurt. The, the father and, and son that go to bed at Rivers on Saturday. I'm all for gambling, but you better pick and choose because there's going to be a lot of people, especially with the inflation going the way it is now, they're going to be hurting worse than ever because you're right. It is going crazy. People have latched onto it. And I thought back in 1989 when I did a show called the NFL Handicap Show that we were just right around the corner. So I think the whole big deal of this, what took so long and why aren't states still doing it, I don't know. But I'll tell you this, they better start listening to people that know what they're doing. You're the best, Mike. Miss you. Hey, I'm coming in to host uh, Coach Ditka's Gridiron Greats in Chicago. Lunch on me. Uh, it's coming up next month. I'll text you after the show. It's going to be hey, in downtown. Absolutely. And I'm hoping 100%. Look forward to seeing you and BB. Thanks for doing this. God bless you, brother. Take care. Mike North, the best. What a radio interview. OMG. Mike North, when I started in radio in 1996, he's the first ever to make a million dollars locally. A million dollars. A year doing local radio, the king. And then I've had a chance to work with him and getting him on as a gambler or a guest to talk about football is fantastic. 702-365-9200. You want to get through now on Dave Ziegler's comments from earlier today? We covered his press conference and only a portion of it. I mean, he spoke for a while. Q was there. Vinny was there. 
That's why we have a flagship, and they're hosting shows here. Uh, next week, I'm with Jason Fitz and Eric Allen. I'll be anchoring Raider Nation Radio from 3 to 5 p.m. on Thursday night of the draft. I cannot wait for that and the party on the Strip. I think we'll see. Uh, I think everybody understands the situation, uh, and we're hoping that there's closure to it uh, at some point. That's Kevin Stefanski on no Baker Mayfield at the Voluntaries. Why would Baker be there? They don't want Baker. They don't want Baker at all. He wasn't going to show up there. JT, back with you, brought to you by Any Tires Plus. Go to the website, anytiresplus.com, 350 North Boulder Highway. Mention my name. You'll get deal after deal complimentary road hazard protection for 24 months you can get 50 dollars off any new set of four tires you're going to need that before the summer i promise you and a 595 smog at any time i did my smog down there for my son's truck in and out it was great any tiresplus.com jordan schultz joins us quickly becoming an nba and an nfl insider and his comments are all over sports and sports radio today. Wanted to get him on, as I was just mentioning, Baker Mayfield. Jordan, thanks for coming on. And let's start with the Seahawks, the team you know up there. They don't seem to have a plan at quarterback. And I like Baker Mayfield, but it looks like the Seahawks don't want to pay him that contract. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see these next 10 days because there's a massive opportunity for someone to get Baker Mayfield. And, you know, I'm not the biggest fan, but what he is is still a pretty young former number one overall pick who two years ago played his best football when he was healthy. And I don't want to find a better situation in terms of the talent around him that he had in Cleveland, um, as well as the offensive line that they put together for him, not to mention the two running backs. But Seattle's interesting, Carolina certainly, and we'll obviously have to see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I was fortunate enough to to break the Geno Smith news. And at first I heard it was one year, seven million. And then you, you dove a little deeper and you saw it's up to seven. It's only 500,000 guaranteed. So they could still go in the direction of a Baker Mayfield. If I had to guess, I would say they won't. I think there's a better chance Carolina does, but you know, nine days, 10 days, there's a lot that can happen in that time frame. Well, what are your sources telling you? Great segue to Carolina. I don't think that Matt Rule can keep his job with David Tepper, the richest owner in the NFL, if this team's in the tank again and they don't make the playoffs. What is he waiting on here? And I think Baker would be a good fit there. I thought that Deshaun Watson would end up there, the connection to him going to school not that far away. And, and Carolina seems to be a team that doesn't have a vision, doesn't have a voice. What's going on with the Panthers? No, they they, they don't. They have – I like the GM Scott Fitter and the assistant GM Dan Morgan. I think they're they're they know they have a long term plan, but a lot of that doesn't matter when you don't have the quarterback. And I know that their offensive coordinator Ben McAdoo, the former Giant head coach, has always liked Sam Darnold. And I, I don't really see it. I've never been a big fan. Um, you know, he said recently Sam did that he believes he's a good quarterback, and uh, I've always. You, know, you always want guys to get a chance. And I think it was very hard for him with the Jets. He never really had the opportunity to succeed. But last year he did. And, you know, obviously they had some injuries, especially Christian McCaffrey, but he did not play well at all after a, a hot start. He really was, was one of the worst five quarterbacks in the league. And Carolina has to do something, and they have to do it fast. And, and Matt Rule's getting paid a lot of money 
to win a lot of games. And he hasn't done it in, in a couple of seasons. You know, you go back to the connection with Kenny Pickett, who we recruited at Temple. You have to wonder if he'll be in consideration. Malik Willis, do they want to take a quarterback? Or do they try to get Baker Mayfield? Or do they run with Sam Darnold? I don't know if any of those options are great. But I do like the opportunity for Carolina to address the quarterback in the draft. I think, you know, th- this quarterback class has been hammered unfairly mm-hmm. to a degree. But there are some really good ones, including Willis, Pickett, Desmond Ritter, uh, Matt Corral, you know, Sam Howell. Th- there are some very good players. Now, maybe there's not the upside with all of them, but you certainly have a couple really good ones there at the very least. Jordan Schultz is our guest. I know you were happy for Denzel Ward and the money he's getting in Cleveland at cornerback there, joining Jalen Ramsey and the money he's making down in L.A. With Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, that's a lot of money on the defensive side. Now saying goodbye to Baker Mayfield and all that guaranteed money that they're paying for their quarterback now who comes in. Man, you talk about sprinkling money around. They have three superstars on Cleveland. That window's got to be to win the Super Bowl pretty soon here. Yeah, and you think about those running backs, too. We, we touched on it earlier yeah. with Hunt uh, as well as um, Nick Chubb. It's just a terrific one-two punch. Um, they they have the, – the Browns are in a very tough division. And, I, you know, they, they still haven't re-signed Miles Garrett. And I was told a while back they offered him 24 over two. I know they really want to get that deal done because he's a huge part of their defense. I thought last year he was one of the five best defensive players in the league. But they have a window now that is – vast because you have Deshaun Watson who's in his mid-20s you have him with a significant long-term contract whether or not he's suspended remains to be seen you know the the crazy alternative here JT is that what if they don't trade Baker Mayfield and he's basically just there to play six or eight games should Deshaun be suspended I I wouldn't put it past them uh, and as crazy as that sounds but Cleveland is in a really interesting position um, because they have their quarterback now. And for so long, they had all these other pieces there, and they hoped it was Baker. Ultimately, it wasn't. But I like where they're going. I think they have a good head coach and Kevin Stefanski and uh, a really interesting uh, team that is building really fast. Sports insider and analyst Jordan Schultz joins us. Jordan, walk me through what you think's going on with Kyrie Irving. $16 million lost for COVID protocol games at home. 50000 for flipping off the Boston fans. With this game in Boston, game two, I mean, it could be a powder keg here because Boston fans, as you know, are not going to let up. They know that they got in his head the first time, and now Kyrie has got to control himself in this game and and not break down. And also Kevin Durant's got to help him out and have a big game. Kyrie was so good, though, JT, in game one. He had 18 in the fourth, 39, 6 of 10 from three. You know, one of the things about Kyrie, I think, is he relishes being the bad guy. And I, I don't know if it'll let up to your point in, in Boston, but I don't think he means it. Now, it is not ideal. I'm not sure how much he cares. But Kevin Durant goes 9-24. He will have a much better game. He'll have a much better series. The interesting part for me is who's the third guy for Brooklyn? You know, Goran played 26 minutes, had 14 points, 16 points. He was not able to – I didn't think he played enough. And he needs to be in the mid-30s minutes. I think Claxton needs to take more of Drummond's minutes. And I think ultimately Seth Curry can be on the floor, but then you have to go zone. So it's a really interesting chance for Steve Nash to show his coaching chops now. And then you think on the other side, Tatum and Brown were terrific. Brown and Horford 
combined for a smart and Horford combined for 40.6 of 11 from three. You can't allow if you're Brooklyn, you can't allow Horford and smart to get 20 plus a piece. You just can't, you know, Tatum's going to get his ultimately Brown as well. But when it comes to smart and Horford, them getting 20 a piece is not going to get it done. And this has been an issue for Brooklyn all year defending. They have to defend the real X factor is Ben Simmons. I was told best case scenario is game four. If he can come mm-hmm. back, JT, and even give him 20 minutes a night, that's something. Wrapping it up with Jordan Schultz after seeing the Warriors with Steph off the bench, pool, Draymond focused again, Clay Pretty being impressive. able to get in rhythm again. What do you think about them compared to Phoenix and Phoenix and how great they've been oh, this year? Man. Handicap, who's better? Yeah. I love Phoenix. I, I They were my pick really all year. And I went mm-hmm. and saw Phoenix play Golden State. Um, in the Bay about two weeks ago, which a, a game that Steph obviously didn't play. Phoenix wins a, very late. It was a very good game, though. And I thought, you know, if Golden State can get Clay Thompson back to being Clay, and he wasn't in that game, then this team's going to be really dangerous, knowing that Steph would come back. Jordan Poole has been unbelievable. I think he's a max contract guy. He's 22. And this guy's a pup, and he's got that microwave, you know, unconscious feeling to him. I don't think Golden State is consistent enough defensively to beat Phoenix in a prolonged series. You know, we talk a lot about the Suns offensively and how good they are in the clutch, specifically with Chris and Devin, but they're also the third best defensive rating team in the league. They get stops and they have my defensive player of the year, but you know, he didn't win it. He got second, Mikael Bridges, but he's elite. They also have Cam Johnson and Aiton and Payne. They have a lot of nice pieces there. So to me, Phoenix is a little deeper. They're a little younger, but ultimately, if Steph's playing and Draymond's playing, I don't know who's going to pick against Golden State or at least a long series. I really want to see that in the Western Conference Finals. All right, Jordan, as, as usual, leave me with something sharp. I want to ask you a question about streaming because the other day the USFL was patting okay. themselves on the back. Yeah, they put they up were. their number. They were putting up their numbers of Fox and NBC combined numbers. It's kind of nice when you can be on two networks at the same time. That should bump your numbers up. And now Apple with baseball, Amazon with what they're doing in football. When you dive into these numbers going forward with streaming and a lot of fans don't have these streaming capabilities. Some do, a lot of them don't. How is this going to change sports and increasing revenue for players and ownership and obviously either help the fans or leave the fans behind? It's it, it already happening. You know, you're seeing it almost, I'd say, happening at light speed because, mm. you know, networks like Hulu and Amazon and Apple and Netflix are all getting into the game. And we're going to see it next season for the first time on Thursday night, JT. You're going to see an exclusive streaming service, Amazon Prime, not on the NFL Network on Thursday Night Football. So I think ultimately what's going to happen is you will see this gold rush to streaming. And within the next five years, sometime in that frame, maybe 10 years, it'll come back to earth. But the the days of cable as we know it, even with live sports, it's not ever going to be quite like that. But I, I don't think it's going to be only streaming. I don't think it's going to be only cable. It feels right now like it's a gold rush. Everyone's paying hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars to get a streaming platform, especially when it comes to the NFL and the NBA, let alone Major League Baseball, which is already trying it as well. But ultimately, it'll come back down to earth. It'll be somewhere in between. But no question to your point. Not all fans have it, and you're going to have to pay a premium to watch it. Thank you, Jordan. Good to talk to you. Look forward to having you on again. My pleasure, buddy. Be good. Take care, buddy. Jordan Schultz, who's really a really good guest. Appreciate him coming on. That's the son of Howard Schultz the billionaire, the multi-billionaire of Starbucks, and he cut his own path in sports. He's not the vice president of Starbucks. He could have his dad's job. He's doing sports, and he's making a lot of noise. 
got a lot of opinions. It's a strong guest who can cover two sports at a very high level. So nice job by Bobby today to put it together. I did not mention the Golden Knights once. Uh, the Golden Knights are now saying they have to win five in a row. They have to go 5-0 and in the next five games. I hope they can. I doubt they can because they're not playing that well. They pushed their season to the brink. Uh, they're not getting help from the L.A. Kings. Vancouver's playing well. Dallas, who they have to beat. They got to hope for a Kings collapse, and the Kings won an unbelievable game against the Ducks. So it's not looking good. It's on the Golden Knights to go 5-0, and which there's a couple of good teams there. There's a chance a miracle could happen. I hope it happens, but highly unlikely. Shocking that maybe in a week we're not going to have hockey to talk about in this town, which is going to hurt a lot of people in this town because that was a cash register. Cash register for this town, for the bars, the restaurants, everybody. When the Golden Knights made it to the playoffs, you knew you had two weeks per round. Per round. Go to the Stanley Cup, four rounds. Go deep into the playoffs, three rounds. It's a month, month and a half of the sports calendar and T-Mobile that's going to be wiped out in this city. And uh, they put themselves in that situation, and they're going to have to deal with it. So a lot happening, everybody. We're excited about what we're going to do as a flagship station, really for the first time. The flagship station's been here now a couple of years, but we get our first chance to host the draft and have a bunch of different people all over the Strip trying to get you content and help you have a good time. So tell us about your good time over the next couple of days. Tomorrow will be a week out from the draft. And we'll tell you more about our remotes and our programming and everything that we're going to do here. I'm not counting the Raiders out at all. Raiders can do a number of things. They can trade up. Uh, they can make a trade, which I think is better than just trading up and giving up draft picks in the following year. They want to give up one or two players here who I still don't think are going to be a good fit under the new regime. Do it. Do it now and get these guys off the books. Get them in a better situation for them to play. If the Patriots, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, now running the Raiders, don't think that all these guys are going to make the team. We're all going to be here. And I trust Dave Ziegler. He was on with us, very forthcoming, and he was fantastic today at that press conference. Thanks again, Bobby. Q is on deck. Have a great night. I'll be on tonight from 7 to 10, and I can't wait. I mean, I don't need a nap. I don't need anything. I'm going to walk the dog. My wife's out of town for a week. My sons are in college. I'm going to watch some... NBA basketball tonight, kick back in the backyard brick and get ready for the show tomorrow. Always appreciate you listening. I always appreciate you streaming. Thanks for listening to Raider Nation Radio, everybody. And uh, thanks to all of our partners, new ones on board and some great ones. We can't wait to tell you about that, too. Thanks for listening.